Hello and welcome to Giving Ventures, a podcast to help you grow your giving and change the world for the better. Each episode, we share innovative charitable efforts leveraging private philanthropy to solve public problems. I'm your host, Peter Lipset, Vice President at Donors Trust. This show is a product of Donors Trust, the oldest and largest donor advised fund focused on helping conservative and libertarian donors of all capacities simplify, protect, and grow their giving. My colleagues and I talk with a lot of groups doing great work. This show lets us share a bit of what we learn with you so you can discover new projects for your own philanthropy. $250,000 is a lot of money for any nonprofit. For a newer organization still establishing itself, it's a massive, seminal infusion that can really make the organization take off. But how many organizations are there that are less than five years old that you would entrust with such a significant gift? Well, these numbers aren't merely hypotheticals. The Gregor G. Peterson Prize does exactly this, awarding a quarter million dollars to one organization or a major project at an older organization that is less than five years old. The prize itself fits that criteria, having first been given out in 2019 and now preparing for its fifth award to be announced in December. I wanted to devote an entire episode to the prize for a couple reasons that I think you, my listeners, will enjoy. First, as you know, I like to provide a bit of optimism about the state of liberty, and this prize does that. If you have had any trouble thinking of a young nonprofit meriting such a big gift, you are going to be very happy to hear that there really are a lot out there. Second, it's a chance to look at the inner workings of a strategically made gift. No matter how much you're giving away, you'll hear a few ideas that'll help you better evaluate the asks and the giving choices that are in front of you. And as a bonus, there are interesting tidbits about how families make decisions together and how they preserve donor intent. To talk to me about all of this is my friend Nicole Hoplin. Nicole spent 17 years with Young America's Foundation as a top-flight fundraiser, And several years ago, she teamed up with another great philanthropic mind, John Jackson, to form Hoplin Jackson, which is a premier philanthropic consulting group working across the country. Nicole has been involved with the Peterson family since the start of the prize in 2019 and has some great insight to share. Nicole, I'm so glad you're here to talk to me about this. Thank you, Peter. It's awesome to be here with you and all of your listeners. So let's start with... The background of the prize. It's relatively new. We said about five years old. How did it come into being? What was the vision there? The prize really was the brainchild of Gregor G. Peterson's son, Eric. So to understand the genius of the prize, it's important to know that the very personal reasons the family started it is what gives it so much meaning today. And it really is the best, most high impact and meaningful grant that the family could make, we believe. When giving truly embodies really the ethos of the family, that's when it becomes really special. So investing in new ideas has been a family value of the Petersons for a very long time. Greg Peterson was one of America's very first venture capitalists. He accomplished a lot more than that in his life and died, unfortunately, way too young. So he was a patriotic guy, served in the Marines, co-founder of Sutter Hill Company, which was a venture capitalist and real estate development company, which he started in 1961, believe it or not. And he was incredibly active as a Stanford University alum, mentor, and trustee. So for years, Greg's family had a private foundation where they supported a variety of nonprofit causes. 
And the many family members would make recommendations for grants. And at the end of every grant-making year, it had become challenging, really, with many interests of family members, geography, the time it took to process these grants. And I think Eric would say that giving had become more of a burden than a blessing. So he came up with the idea of coalescing the family under one goal, which is really to honor Greg Peterson's values and accomplishments in business. And how they would do that is apply those principles that he used in the business world to the nonprofit world. And the vision was to bring multiple generations of family members together to identify and invest in a new nonprofit, just like their father did for businesses many years ago. And in short, this has really become high impact giving with a very, very personal meaning. And so were they giving away about a quarter million dollars, roughly more or less every year? Is that kind of how the $250,000 got arrived at? More or less. They actually are a very philanthropic family and do give more than that to other uh, charities and and, uh, nonprofits. Um, But that was the figure they settled on at the time that felt like a meaningful enough gift for a new nonprofit. Well, it's definitely meaningful. That is for sure. So we're going to dive into that in a second. But just to give some further context, you are not part of the family. Uh, The family works with you and and John to, to get this prize done. So what is your role? Sure. Well, I may not be part of the family, but they sure make me feel like part of the family. So I will say they're an incredibly generous family and um, I just love them all. And um, they are super clients. But Hoplin Jackson Charitable Advisors, our specialty really, and what we like to say is that we make ordinary grant making or, or ordinary charitable giving extraordinary. We have the fortune of working with the Peterson family and all of our clients across the country in helping them to both creatively steward their philanthropy when it comes to giving, uh, might be at the local or community level, but also on a national scale. We also like to say that our clients have been really exceptional wealth creators and they've built amazing companies and we want them to be equally exceptional at distributing that wealth when it comes to their charitable giving. And this is certainly an art and a science, but the act of charitable giving itself really shouldn't be good enough, and that's where we come in. So together with my business partner, who you mentioned, John Jackson, who spent his career in stewarding private family foundations, we have more than 50 years of experience in really vetting nonprofits and equally important in working with high net worth families and their needs. So we have a small boutique company. We work very closely with each of our clients There's really nothing we can't handle when it comes to charitable giving from thorny legal issues to structuring complex grant agreements with science and research institutions. We've probably handled it. And um, the good news is we have a deep bench of talented partners to help us with a range of legal, ethical, financial, or even technical questions that might arise. So we do a lot in the grant-making space, but I would say nowadays we are equally adept at navigating family dynamics, generational differences, uh, succession planning, governance issues. I have a background in psychology, which I can't tell you how many times that has come in handy. And um, of course, several decades of family philanthropy involvement has really become Um, an important need among our clients and the families we serve. So we do try to help um, with a variety of needs. Well, we'll talk more about the family dynamics a little bit 
down the road. But going back to the prize, so you just announced six finalists for 2023. I'm excited to say that four of them have actually been on Giving Ventures before. You have Libertas's Children's Entrepreneurship Market, which is a really great project. Young Voices has its Descent Project, which is another really great project. Uh, Independent Women's Forum launched its Independent Women's Network, which is the new new project being funded there. Uh, and Iron Light Labs, uh, which is terrific. And then the other two being Love Your School and American Accountability Foundation, which I am sure I will have on the podcast at some point soon. So only one of these six is going to win the $250,000. The rest don't get anything. Is that right? So so why why is this? Why just one winner? It's, again, a great question. And um, if you think back to what I mentioned earlier about the family ethos and about Greg Peterson's roots as a venture capitalist. If you're going to do venture philanthropy using the same model as venture capital, you go in big and strong and deep with an institution and you build them up. Um, There's no doubt it's risky. New nonprofits are just like new businesses. They don't always succeed. Many don't survive the first five years or they sputter along, never gaining the traction they deserve. But the family has been uncanny in selecting success. So all the nonprofits that have won the prize are thriving today. This is a great example of the family having many different family members who are involved in their talents and skills to make this decision all come together. They um, come to the table with different ideas and together they select the one nonprofit and they go in big. Um, It's very focused giving. We believe as their advisors that you know, we want them to find joy in how they're giving. And right now they will tell you, I think, that this has been a super exciting process and has restored joy back to their giving. Um, And finally, I will say that they pride themselves on developing very close relationships with the leader of the nonprofit who wins each year. And we can talk more about this down the road, but um, they take it very seriously, that action of building up that one nonprofit every year. Yeah, I do want to get into that, actually, because $250,000 is, is a lot of money uh, to give to an organization that may not have been around or, you know, like, look at Independent Women's Forum has been around for a while, but has this one big thing uh, that could really change the nature of the organization. So what is your expectation? Talk to us about how you do work with them. And, and you know, you look back, I mean, Jen Justice, now Center for Rights of Abused Children, won the very first prize, somebody like that, how do you assess whether that was well spent or not. You know, um, it's it, again, it's an art and a science. Um, just the fact that they exist is not enough. We want to see that they are growing, that more and more uh, people out there want to invest in their work, that they are accomplishing what they say they're accomplishing. Um, we're firm believers in nonprofits determining their own destiny in many ways. So in other words, We rely upon a nonprofit to tell us what they're going to accomplish, to give us the benchmarks. And then we look back on those benchmarks and we ask the question, did you reach your goals? What were your milestones and did you hit them? And to us, that's really important. It's not that we are imposing some sort of um, unrealistic expectation on a nonprofit. Instead, those nonprofits tell us what they're going to do. And if they don't, get to everything they said they were going to do. That's part of the process. And, you know, we reevaluate that every single year. And you give the prize out over three years. Is that right? 
That's correct. And every year for every winner, they go through an evaluation process toward the end of the year where we assess uh, what they accomplished and how well they did and any shortcomings. And the Petersons review those reports every year before um, making a determination that the second or third tranche of the gift is um, is worthwhile. So it's it doesn't just end after year one and they get the prize. They are closely monitored um, and the Petersons do have a lot of contact with those nonprofits through the three-year process. So that's interesting. So in theory, if an organization really just got the money, they were like, this is terrific, and then just did nothing with it, uh, really just fell on their face, even closed up shop, I guess, or just were sputtering along. In theory, those second and third year or to the last year could get rescinded. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, that's the idea. Um, we don't release those funds until we do a complete evaluation of where those nonprofits are. Um, like anyone, we want to be good stewards of the funds that um, Greg Peterson set aside for the family's philanthropy. So we are being very conscientious of making sure that the funds are well spent and that the nonprofit winner actually is worthy year after year. I think it's a really good point that the, the giving isn't just a sunk cost, right? I mean, yes, you want to give the money. You you make the prize, and so many givers do this. They they pencil in how much they want to give to an organization in their head over some period of time. But if the organization isn't following through, we shouldn't feel bad about dialing back our own investment because we're investing to get something done. We're invest- investing to get change and make it happen, right? That's exactly right. And you think about the opportunity costs, right? What nonprofit out there isn't receiving these important funds that could be changing people's lives instead? And so if you think about it in that, those terms, sometimes it's better to just cut your losses. Thankfully, we have never had to do that. The nonprofits who have won are just um, incredible and they're performing very well. So we're really proud of all of them. So let's talk about the finalists that are awarded. You know, we've mentioned six organizations. Again, only one of them is going to get it. I mean, some of the, the past finalists include great groups like uh, the Launchpad effort at State Policy Network and Free Op, which is a great group, Let Grow, Blexit, Better Together. I mean, these are great groups. Uh, what is the benefit to the finalists since they don't get the financial benefit? Well, I would say there there's several benefits. One is that just going through the process is inspiring. It's focusing. It's validating for all of these groups. All of the nominees receive graphics. The Petersons wanted us to find creative ways that the prize could help launch these new initiatives and could help validate their efforts. So they receive these graphics that can be shared across social media that speak about the credibility of the new nonprofit, which helps with donors. Um, The other thing that I really don't share a lot, but is sort of a secret, um, one of the prize winners was part of the process a year prior, but it wasn't ready to win the prize yet. The Petersons recognized the potential and knew that the leaders had some work to do to get their shop in order, to put more infrastructure in place, to prove its grit a little bit. And sure enough, they came back the next year and the nonprofit was nominated again. It rose to the top and won the prize. So um, just because an organization goes through the process and becomes a finalist but doesn't win doesn't mean that's the end of the road. In fact, there are a lot of opportunities beyond that. And the Petersons, I think, reward that growth and determination um, when they review organizations as well. 
how many total groups apply? <laughs> well, it uh, as you might expect, the prize is growing every year as more and more um, people both start nonprofits and then hear about the prize. So this year we were approaching 100 nonprofits um, for one prize. So it's a competitive pool. Um, we expect if the trends continue to be well north of 100 next year, um, it's been growing about 25% every year. Yeah, in fact, actually, this year you had six finalists. If if my math and reading ability is correct, last year you had five finalists. Past couple years, you've only had five. Is that right? Yes. You know, there's no... Um, rule per se about how many finalists or semi-finalists. So this year we had a lot of semi-finalists. We had about 15 nonprofits um, that we reviewed pretty thoroughly. So there's not a specific number that we look for. If a nonprofit is worthy of making it to um, the final stages and um, they've gone through all of the reviews and we think that they're worth worthy of the prize, they will be a finalist. And so, you know, we don't rule out that one year we might have a dozen finalists. So mm-hmm. it's um, we just sort of use our best judgment to make that call during the um, process of review. So 100 and growing organizations coming in, I'm sure some of them are easily dismissed, but it sounds like a lot of them aren't. Uh, there's a lot of really good stuff in there. How do you wade through this this sea of good stuff to really find the great stuff? Well, again, it's a process. The Petersons, first and foremost, have given us criteria for the prize. They have shown us metrics that are important to them, and so we operate by those. Um, but I would say of utmost importance, the Petersons first want to keep the burden on new nonprofits as minimal as possible. That's really special in grant making. Um, Having been in development for 17 years, I have seen so many institutions, organizations, funders that ask for so many spreadsheets or modeling or highly developed formalized plans with rubrics for one thing or another. And for a new nonprofit, being able to assemble such materials is very difficult. So we focus our assessment on capacity, on leadership, and the big idea. When it comes to leadership, we are looking for the characteristics that set Greg Peterson apart from his contemporaries, and the family identified those as commitment, integrity, honesty, common sense. So we look for those traits in the leaders that we evaluate. I would say for the Peterson family, they spend a good deal of time with each of the winners over the years. So chemistry matters. And, you know, just like Greg Peterson mentored young entrepreneurs, the family focuses on building relationships with the leaders of the prize. And so being likable and able to communicate your ideas clearly, being straightforward and honest with the family matters a lot. Finally, when it comes to clear ideas, we... This is sort of our specialty in assessing ideas and making sure that they have legs to run. It's both, is it a good idea? Is the leader capable of articulating and advancing it well? But also, do they have the business side? Are they focused on critical areas for growth, like building the infrastructure around them? If the leader is gone tomorrow, will this young nonprofit be sustained? 
How active is their board? We look at um, whether it's just a group of buddies or friends or loyalists to the leader or whether it's a group of people who are passionate about the cause and have skills to offer. We, I would say this is a little bit of inside baseball, but I'll share it with you because I think it's important and other donors could potentially learn from it as well. But we do hold nonprofits who have been nominated to this prize to very high standards in regards to the process. Because it's a single large prize, as you've said, there's really little room for mediocrity. The Petersons want to go in big for one group, and we believe that nonprofit has a responsibility to embrace that and lean into all that could be accomplished. So we look at whether the leaders make all the deadlines that we've asked for, for their required materials. We keep the request for materials simple, a two to three page letter, some financials that are basic and routine, their board listing. But do they submit the materials that we requested or do they forget some? Do they show up on time for important Zoom calls? Are the leaders prepared? These little actions actually, for us with a new nonprofit, are really big signs in terms of commitment, preparation, the ability to succeed. So ultimately, our goal is to make sure that each of these nonprofits can grow quickly and not just survive, but thrive, as Greg Peterson did in business. So there was so much gold in, in that in all of that in those those past you know three four five minutes uh for for donors for kind of looking at how to think about what should you look at what should you weigh what you should you not weigh what burdens should you put on the development staff but also for any development staff listening particularly that part at the end of just being on time like doing those little things because those little things really do accrue and matter and, and get noticed. And so that's all gold. That's great. We're going to, f- you know, auditorily frame that somehow. Well, and Peter, I will add one more thing, which um, is, you know, the more and more we uh, we do things on behalf of this prize, the more I realize, um, make yourself available as a nonprofit development person or leader, especially a new group. Um, if uh, it takes me 12 emails to schedule one Zoom call with you, that's not a great sign it, that you are too busy to figure out a time. So um, for for us, we, we look at responsiveness, but we also just look at general availability. Does this prize matter to you? And are you willing to do what it takes to find a time to meet and to do it soon and, you know, put yourself out there? If it takes a development person 12 back and forths to uh, to schedule a Zoom meeting for a potential quarter million dollar gift, then they probably have a different calling that they should look into. Uh, so with all these groups that are coming in, are there any trends among the new organizations, the new projects that you're seeing? I mean, several of these involve children, be it from an education standpoint or you know the entrepreneurship market. So there's kind of a young person theme ish, but any themes, anything you're seeing amongst the groups that are being formed now? I think nonprofits today, especially new ones, have been very adept at taking advantage of changing culture and society. So um, you mentioned education. Parents since COVID have been demanding transparency in classrooms and freedom to choose their own schooling options. So educational choice is leading to a lot of innovation in the education sector. And this is a trend that I think is really obviously important to continue, but it's the next frontier for 
technological advancement and for um, nonprofit growth. So we follow that field very closely. It's also near and dear to the Peterson's hearts, having um, had a father who spent so much of his time in education at Stanford. Um, I would say the same is true for medicine. We are seeing a lot of interesting advancements in the field of medicine, both in terms of technology, but also um, in terms of, you know, the woke crowd overstepping and trying to impose its views in medicine has really given people pause. Um, we can see how COVID changed restrictions on medicine, and a lot of new nonprofits are stepping in to continue advancing freedom in that space. There's a lot of really interesting partnerships between local government and nonprofits um, when it comes to medicine as well. And then finally, this is sort of a big picture trend, but I would say the quality of leaders starting new groups is exceptionally high. We have noticed that a lot of private sector people who have been in the private sector and have become very inspired to wade into and dip their toes into the nonprofit world for some social um, impact and benefit that they can create. So they're putting their entrepreneurial experience to good use. And that's very exciting to see that injection of um, market values being put into nonprofits. And I think that will only continue here in the years to come. So let's go back to the family for a second. We said we'd, we'd come back to this. It's a There's 10 family members involved in the board, right? Plus or minus. Let me, I'm just thinking I have to count here. There's at least that many that, you know, the family is growing, believe it or not, um, both in terms of um, new kiddos being born who aren't quite ready to participate, but also spouses. So um, it grows every year. So how does the family that's growing come together to make this decision? Well, the beauty of the prize is that the family convenes behind closed doors. So Hopland Jackson, once we deliver um, the finalists to the Peterson family, they dig in. And their process is one that they've developed over time. It's really an exciting day when Eric Peterson conveys the news to us of who the family selected to be the prize winner. And what happens behind those closed doors had led to what I believe is exceptional decision making. And um, I would say the DNA of their father, Greg Peterson, and his venture roots has given them all gut instincts. But I can't begin to say what happens and exactly how they um, determine that final winner, because they will tell you, and uh, I would be the first to tell you, that every single one of the finalists deserves to win that prize. If they've made it to that level, each one of them is worthy. And so to sort out which one is the best among the best is um, a tricky and difficult process, but the Petersons seem to have mastered it. This kind of culminates with donor intent, which we started with, really, of, of the background of Greg Peterson and how he had these these entrepreneurial goals for himself and, and lived by them, and now the prize carries out that same ethos. You have people mirroring in. He died earlier than uh, many people thought he would. How do you keep that donor intent alive as there's more people who are making this selection who actually didn't really know him and his values? You make a really good point, and it's something that for us here at Hoplin Jackson, donor intent is our guiding North Star. 
It's first and foremost in our minds as we are evaluating nonprofits. But we see a lot in our business of the difficulty in passing down grant-making responsibilities to the next generation. But it's even harder to pass down intent, especially, as you mentioned, when, um, you know, the spouses, for example, may not have ever met Greg Peterson. But the Petersons have seemed to have um, mastered this. We spend a great deal of time in drafting mission, vision, and giving values statements. And we do that as a whole, as a collective group. They serve as sort of our constant compass, pointing us to donor intent. I would say the family is committed to Greg Peterson's legacy and values. Uh, just this year, every member of the family who's a decision maker for the prize convened together to talk about Greg Peterson's history in business, the ideas that he had advocated, his life's work. They talked about the most important aspects of all of these and how they could be incorporated into the prize, how you know you can take ideas and then really implement them. Um, they coalesced around the value of the free market, the importance of education, limited government, judging individuals by their abilities and character, not by other physical attributes. So translating those to issue areas means that they focus on areas that Greg Peterson cared about a lot, like entrepreneurship, liberty, personal freedom, free speech, on and on. But I think it's important to remember that we revisit that regularly. It's not something that sits on a shelf. It is an active part of the discussion year to year of how can this prize honor Greg Peterson and his legacy. So the website, petersonventureprize.com, has all of the past finalists and the past winners. And I would encourage anyone listening to go to it. If you are saying, who are these groups that are young and scrappy and doing good work? I mean, that is a great place to start. You could do worse by looking at those organizations. And uh, and it is a grab bag of different issues and topic areas from legal things to medical to uh, to recidivism, which you know I imagine is focused more on recidivism and uh, you know, you get, you get everything, uh, with these groups, but I think if you're looking for some new ideas, there's good, good stuff there. And I think it's impressive what you all are doing. So Nicole, thank you so much for sharing all of this about the prize. I think there's a lot of great, great information, not just fun background about the prize that you shared, but that can be applied to people's giving. It's great. Thank you for having me. It's really um, been an honor and a joy both to be with you here, but also to help with the prize. It's uh, really a highlight of my life. Nonprofits don't often get a clear picture of the secret sauce that goes into making foundation and prize decisions, or even just get the kitchen table conversations of donors deciding where to give. For that matter, donors don't often get to hear those same things from other donors. I found this little peek behind the curtain at the Peterson Prize to be fascinating, and I hope you did as well. I promised optimism, and I hope you're encouraged by the volume of worthy projects attracted to the prize. I also promised some ideas on giving strategically, and Nicole came through there as well. Go back and listen to the details she offers in the middle of the podcast about the evaluation process and how they layer on the family's criteria, they gather information, really seek to understand the metrics that they rely on that are important for their process. They might be different for you, but having an understanding of what those metrics are really matters. And do visit petersonventureprize.com where you can see the past winners and finalists 
Most, if not all of them, are supported in varying degrees by Donors Trust clients. And you can do that as well through your donor advised fund at Donors Trust if you are already working with us. And if you aren't, well, come on aboard. We would welcome the chance to be a principled partner for your philanthropy. You know, any donor advised fund provider out there can make it simple to give and give you great tax benefits. But shouldn't you also work with somebody who shares your values? Well, Donors Trust does, and you can learn more at donorstrust.org. So many good topics coming down the pike that we will have in future episodes. Please subscribe to the Giving Ventures feed in your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. Until next time, thank you for being a giver. Let's talk more soon. Thank you.